0: Hey everybody this is josh mckinney and i just want to welcome you to episode 201 of the i suck at Jitsu show i told you guys we were going to have our new intro now and um well as you guys can hear we don't we do not have an intro going right now uh and that is simply because i still haven't decided fully on what computer i am going to get and so um for those of you who don't know the tragic news, maybe you don't follow the Gee Gazette, our email list, uh, what happened was because I torture tested my current computer, made it do things that it just is not capable of for quite a while, um, certain parts of it decided to stop working. And the best fix is going to be to get something new. And so just deciding on what there was, um when you've done no research on computers because i really wasn't looking ahead didn't know that that was going to happen Um, but at this point i really have decided and it is just a matter of going and picking it up and learning how to use it and so anyway um that's a weird way to start today's episode that's a weird way to start the 200s right uh Got a lot of great feedback on the last couple episodes that we did. Just the the idea of episode one ninety nine doing that glossary, and then on episode two hundred, do I still suck at jujitsu? Which was a question I technically never fully answered on that episode. So maybe on episode three hundred, I'll actually give you guys that reveal. Um, but today, I thought we would do something a little different. We're in kind of purgatory of i suck a jujitsu show where we have again no intros no outros no commercial breaks nothing just straight through episodes uh and there were times that we did this on the show and this will probably be the last time that i get to do this on the show uh the the studio is going to be at a point and the computer is going to be at a point that we're able to put out so much more content, so much new content, and really, really be consistent with making the show better and uh, just consistent with putting out good episodes on the show. And so, um, yeah, that's exciting. Ready to go on that stuff. But we still have these next couple weeks before we really get going. Um, I said that there may or may not be an interview for next week, I doubt that I will put one up, um, even if I have one just because um, well, like I said, we're kind of in a purgatory right now. So why not extend it a little bit, make sure we're all set. So then when we start hitting those Tuesday interviews, again, we will never stop doing them. And so um, we'll be able to stick with a Tuesday interview and a um, what day is today. Today's Wednesday for me, a Thursday uh, solo episode, and we'll be able to stick with that. Today, what we're going to do a little bit differently, and um, this was just interesting to me. This was just a fun thought uh, to that I had yesterday for an episode. I had something else planned, um, but again, since we're in this purgatory and I can just be random and we're not really set on um, really starting to dig in with the coach-student perspective or anything like that yet. We're really just, um, we're just closing out the 200 still, it feels like. And so I thought something fun to do would be to talk a little less about the methods and a little more about implementation today. And so um, as you guys saw the title of today's episode and the terrible thumbnail, because again... I don't have a computer and so I can't edit thumbnails either. And so I've just been editing them on my phone. And I thought it would be funny to just like keep editing layer after layer um, of thumbnails until this purgatory ends, because we're going to be coming back with a new, we're going to keep the same logo, the same, I suck jujitsu show logo. I love that logo, um, but just some new colors for it. And, and just some different thoughts uh, on that, on top of the new intro, the new commercial music, the new everything. The show is going to change on like 205 and uh, you guys are really going to dig it. But anyway, let's stop talking about the show and start talking about the show, uh, which is jujitsu. And so let's get into this idea um, of, I really think the best way to explain it is if you had a day, if you had six weeks, if you had six months, how would you go about? mastering a position. Okay. And so I wanted to make sure to use the constraint, a position, uh, because mastering a move, I don't think is as complex. I think a lot of people can do a move uh, proficiently in, in these time constraints, especially once you get to six weeks and six months. Um, but a day, that's going to be really hard. So we'll save that to the end. Let's say um, that we are going to master a position in six months. And keep in mind, a lot of these thoughts are going to come from a uh, an instructional that I actually made, and it was all through email, and I never actually released it. Um, and it was called master any position in six weeks and how it worked is you would sign up for, um, basically like six weeks of daily check-in emails slash videos, where I will instruct you on what you should be focused on, on whatever move or technique or idea you try to master. So it's master any position. So, uh, I think the example I gave on the instructional was, um, like taking the back and finishing from the back. That was what I was trying to do. And it was really um, the precursors of the end goal method. So that's how long ago it was. This was uh, made and done years before, maybe at least a year and a half before I ever had the podcast. So it's a long time ago. Um, but a lot of these thoughts are going to come from that. And most of the show's thoughts came from this idea of high efficiency jujitsu training. If you guys were interested when I started talking about the master any position in six weeks, uh, instructional, because it is kind of cool. It is a very interesting instructional. Um, if you were interested in that, I, uh, I guess I could rewrite it and try to release it. Maybe I should. Um, Man, that's a good thought. I hate these live episodes because in truth, I normally have these random thoughts and then write them down and cut that out um, and like just stare off into space and think about them for a second. But I guess I'm just going to have to remember that. Um, But anyway, let's start with six months. Let's look at how you would be able to master a position in six months simply by focus, simply by deciding That you are going to focus on that position. um, When you have six months of time, it's pretty easy to master something. If you spend six months um, working close guard, uh, and let's just say working right now, we won't talk about the specific training methods that you'll use. And I'm going to be referencing back to episodes 196 and 198 a ton in this episode because I break down training method. So um, if I don't explain something, you can always fall back to those, and get way more detail on what I mean in those training methods. Okay, so let's say six months. This is how I would look at it. First, I would decide and really, really be smart about how I decide what position or what idea or what um, even quote-unquote system – I am going to try to master. And so um, let's look at, for example, okay, well, I'm going to master leg locks. If I don't think this out, maybe I am a new white belt and maybe my gym has very, very tight constraints on what types of leg locks the white belts are allowed to do. Well, I'm not really thinking very far ahead on this. Oh, I'm going to focus on leg locks for six months when I'm only allowed to do straight ankle walks against people that are blue belt or above or something like that. Right. It's going to be very hard for you to practice and get those reps. But uh so just how I'm thinking about it is you're always gonna look at kind of the um the three main fights first, right? You have top, you have bottom, and you have standing. So those are the three main positions that jujitsu happens, right? And so when you look at that, then you decide, do I wanna get better at something I'm already good at? So maybe the reason you would say that is because you're a guard passer and you're a competitor and you want to really, really develop your guard passing, because you can pass most of the guys you compete against, but there are certain guards that you cannot deal with that you seem to struggle, it seems to, to tie you up in. And so maybe you say, well, I'm already good at guard passing, but I'm going to spend these next six months focused on getting good at beating these guards at beating spider guard and cross collar and uh, daily Hiva. Those all I struggle with. Every other guard I get put in, I feel really good against. Um, And then what will happen is as you start to tighten up those guards, a lot of times your guard passing in general, even your stuff that you always have done starts to get better because you have another perspective, another uh kind of wrench to throw at your opponents or your training partners. And so as we are looking at being a – um Uh, Being on the six-month track of like, can I master a position or a move in six months? Absolutely. It's very easy to do. I could literally just tell you to focus on something for six months and give you no other context. And at the end of those six months, you will be very good at it. Um, And the use of this, it's really important to know why that you would even care to do that. Why not just learn everything all at once, Josh? Well, it's very, very hard to learn everything at once in Jiu Jitsu. Jiu Jitsu is so complex. It's very hard to take anything that is complex and Learn it any other way than breaking it down into smaller parts. Uh, that is how we learn things. And the reason is because it lets us focus and it lets us almost in jujitsu, the word is probably obsess about certain positions, certain fights, certain ideas. And so, um, if you can do that though, and it takes you six months to quote unquote master a move, technically. You probably never actually master something, but become proficient at it. Be good enough to hit it on, on people, you know, on resisting opponents, and hit it as part of your game. Uh, that's what we will consider mastering a move. If you are, if once you get there, and it takes you six months to do it, if you apply the same ideas to maybe the other side of the coin, maybe your guard passing, you were that. That competitor who wanted to get your guard passing better, um, you will look at passing open guards. You'll look at passing all these guards. Well, you know, what you'll notice is certain guards are just harder to pass. And so maybe when you switch top to bottom and you say, "I'm going to spend the next six months focused on guard," what you'll notice is to master your guard retention, to master your other other fights. A lot of times, it becomes easier. Because you know what the top person is supposed to be doing. You know the fights that the top person is supposed to be winning. And so that gives you a little more context to get better faster. Marcel Garcia had this quote about like what you should do first in jiu-jitsu. And it was this idea. You master one thing. Because if you master one thing, then you know how to master things. All getting good at jiu-jitsu is, is mastering enough things, putting it into a game, adding some strategy to it. And then of course, making sure that you are physically able to, to train, to do what you were trying to do. And so that's that thought on if you're picking your six month focus and you're picking a strength now, uh, and it's pretty easy to then say, okay, well, these are the things I'm good at. I need to get better at them. Um, These are the things I could add to them, whatever, but let's make sure we make a note of training your weakness, focusing on a weakness for six months, sometimes it can be a massive waste of time. Just because you are training does not mean that you are training. And just because you're training in a good training method does not mean you are getting better as efficiently as you could. Um, For example, let's say you absolutely do not have the hip flexibility or leg size to do triangles. If you dedicate six months to doing triangles, yes, you'll probably figure out some cool things with triangles, and you'll even be able to hit some of them. But if it doesn't fit your your jujitsu and it doesn't fit your body, you know, just because it's a weakness doesn't mean you can strengthen it, right? Sometimes you have weaknesses that just they don't line up with you, right? They don't fit your body, and so um, what I would say for those people is make sure that you are strengthening something that one, you believe you'll be able to do. Okay. So again, if you have tiny legs, triangles don't make a ton of sense. Maybe do omoplata, maybe do armbar instead. Right. Um, if you have, you know, just like there are all kinds of different reasons that you might notice. Well, I'm way more in danger. I'm way, this is going to be way harder for me. Um, Just because of my body's hyper, this is going to be harder for me again, because of what the rules are at my gym or what the rules are in the tournaments that I'm trying to focus on doing. Uh, You really have to think about all those things when you're thinking about what to master. You don't want to be random. And so if I am mastering a weakness, the things that I'm really trying to think about is first, does it apply to more than one thing? Meaning guard retention no matter what guard I decide to start playing, if I focus on like, especially disconnected guard retention, that applies to all guards, right? I always need to be able to retain guard if I start to lose some of my fights. So if I spend six months on guard retention and spider guard, you know, maybe I try to build a lot of my spy, my retention into getting back to Spider Guard and I try to um, build all of my attacks into being in Spider Guard and then the, those things kind of all work together. What's going to start happening is I am going to get better at Butterfly Guard and I'm going to get better at close Guard because I'm going to find myself in those positions sometimes. Sometimes Spider Guard is just not going to be the move. But since I'm learning to retain guard, which applies to so many more ideas, I'm able to get better Okay, versus the mindset of I want to get good at spider guard, so I will only play spider guard. And no matter what, I will always be playing double sleeve and I will always be playing feet on biceps. The problem with that thought process is in a gym where you have 10 training partners that you're training with regularly, if you spend six months working one position in just one set of grips, what will start happening is they will start to give you looks that like stepping, trying to deadlift and stepping one leg in between yours. You should switch to De La Hiva when you have double sleeve and somebody starts to do that. You should try to split the legs when you have double sleeve and somebody tries to do that. There are a few other things you can do but trying to stay in spider guard is going to get your guard passed, right? And so being too married to something a little too specific, it can kind of mess you up on this. So if you are training a weakness, just make sure it's broad enough that it's going to it's going to apply to a lot of different things, right? Um, again, like training specifically, like, okay, I'm just going to train, um, mount escapes for six months. Yeah. Maybe that, that works, but you should probably train bottom side control escapes too, because that's just as dangerous, dangerous as a position. And guys can start to realize like this dude, just always letting me have mount and getting out. I'll just stay in side control and then you don't get to work it. Right. Um, so thinking more in terms of if I'm pinned, that's what I'm going to work on. And so a lot of my positional spars are going to be starting from pinned. And a lot of the time when I'm an open, just trying to develop skills in rounds, I will try to make sure I'm on my side when I get my guard pass. So I am not getting pinned and just always being conscious of that fight. Simply being conscious of these fights for six months, you will get good at whatever you decided to master. Um, I know that's a crazy reveal, but let's boil this down a little bit. Like I said, as you do this more and you start to master one thing at a time, one thing at a time, you start to get more efficient at learning positions in jujitsu. And you know, so much more jujitsu that again has been broadly applied. And so I kind of know a little bit about this position because it feels a lot like dot, 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 right? A position I've spent a lot of time in. But what you'll notice is there are people that you can teach a move to or a position to. And within you know, six weeks, they can start hitting that position against guys, their level. And you see this a lot. And to me, I think that this should be the standard. I think it should take no more than six weeks to start to be able to hit what you are wanting to hit on guys, your level. Okay. And that is what I mean when I talk about like needing obsession in jujitsu, So often, we care, we put winning in the gym above everything else. And so then we don't focus on new things. And because my first couple weeks of focus, and we'll get to how you learn anything, my first couple weeks of focus, I'm going to be missing my technique. I'm going to be failing a lot from my position. And so mentally, it can be really frustrating because you're getting passed by guys you never get passed or never get passed by, or you're not passing the guys you normally pass. You're getting submitted by the guys that aren't as good as you. But it's because you are not focused on performance. You're focused on skill development. So get that thought out of your head of whether you're winning or losing. Your thought should be about winning and losing in the future. And winning and losing in the future is determined on how good you are. So you should be focused on getting better you shouldn't be focused on anything else. So as you, and of course, there are times that you should focus on performance. We talk about this, you know, whether once a week, once a month, once a year, you should focus on performance sometimes to see where your jujitsu is at, to kind of stress test your jujitsu. When you're focused on performance, you're looking at your physical attributes. You're looking at the time, you're looking at strategy, you're looking at your opponent. When you're practicing your skills, you are just looking at yourself and saying, Am I getting better at this? And it's such a better way to worry about jujitsu. This is why you never hear me talking about, or especially, I mean, you have heard me talk about, but you hear me complain very little anymore about steroid use in jujitsu. At a point, one, I just, you know, it's a losing battle. No one cares. Um, but two, like, When I'm going out to perform against these guys that are on steroids, this is something I know that I'm going to be dealing with. It is part of the game. So for me, I say I am going to beat that by focusing on skill development. That's how I'm going to fight these guys. That's how I'm going to beat these guys. I can't beat these guys by being stronger and faster. They win that battle. But I can probably beat them on other aspects, right? So when I'm thinking about performance, I don't have to think about, well, this guy can deadlift more than me. That's irrelevant to me. I may realize, oh, wow, this guy's a lot stronger. That's not the fight that I'm going to have with him then. I am going to play differently. I'm going to try to wear him out. Thinking a little bit differently, that's performance. That's, you know, that is adding all those things together is me trying to just win. Sometimes you should do this in the gym, especially when you guys are aware. You and your partner are both like, hey, let's try to beat each other. Let's try to pay attention to points. And let's try to win this round. And um, again, that really will prep you so much for, for competing and um, and also just real life situations. But it will also never let jujitsu stop being fun because a lot of times progression is the fun part, but we get in the way of our own progression because we get obsessed with winning and losing in the gym. And when I am progressing, I am having fun. especially since I get to look at jujitsu by performance and progression, right? These two different things. And I get to bounce back and forth between the two. And sometimes... I take a little bit of time off of performance. Sometimes performance is my only thought and I'm not focused on developing skills. It allows you to do jujitsu two different ways. But let's get back to the idea of six weeks to master something. Because again, with six months, you really don't need special training method. You really don't need a lot of know-how. I think most beginners that are listening to this episode could say, okay, Six months, I'm going to try to apply some of the thought processes processes he gives for the six weeks and the one day. But six months is where my focus is. I'm going to give myself six months to get good at dot, dot, dot. And if you can't pick something, ask your coach. Say, coach, I'm getting ready to dedicate six months of my jujitsu to a thought process or a position or a move or something like that. And so... If you do that, a lot of times your coach is like, oh my gosh, dude, I've been hoping you would say that. Please focus on developing this. Please, here, here are some even thoughts on it. And if your coach gives you that and it kind of puts him or her, makes them invested in you a little more of like, oh wow, this, this dude's dedicated. That is going to be enough. Your coach is going to stay on you you are going to be fine if you have six months. But if you have six weeks, things need to be boiled down. You need to be more efficient. I would say if you have six weeks and you are trying to master a position or master something tough, uh, you, you need to train at the very, very, very least three days a week, okay? But I do think it is possible three days a week that you can do it. I think four to five, more ideal, you know, you really, you know, you're going to hit that four to six week range of positional mastery. Um, but like I said, we will look at what if you only have a day in just a second, but six weeks, your first thought is still, what am I going to focus on for these six weeks? You pick exactly the same way we did for the six months. And then you get to work. A lot of times I like to start with understanding, meaning I will start to just watch. And this is again, this is my version of understanding. I like to watch jujitsu like live matches. And it's not some, oh, I only like to use what works at the highest level. I just like certain people's jujitsu and I like to see them doing it live. And the fact that it is against the best people in the world makes that a lot better. So that's my favorite way to, to gain understanding. So if I'm trying to, when I was trying to master taking the back and finishing from the back, I didn't watch wrestling uh, like guys that wrestled a bunch. I watched guys that took the back really well. And I watched guys that finished from the back efficiently. And eventually I started through that trial and error, through that understanding, I started to pick out what I actually cared about and what actually worked. And then- When something wasn't working during my six weeks, I could go back to those videos I was watching and I could use the, this is I think an episode, shoot, I think it was like in the 90s, um, but it was Sean Williams. He, uh, He talked about reviewing match footage and he talked about going from head to toes. Where is this person's head? Where is their chest? Where are their arms? What are their hands doing? And he says, "And you that's how you break down position. So you'll start to reference back. You'll start to say, okay, these videos I've watched, I'm not doing something right because I'm not getting the same result. And then you just kind of test that. So here will be the training methods that you will use for six weeks. And of course, you can use what you want. Of course, you could watch instructionals instead of watching um, watching live competition. You could watch live rolling footage. A lot of times people like it when it's narrated by the person that is doing the role because they can explain their thought process during the role. And so some people really like that. It just depends on what you like, but that's what you should be doing. Um, then from there, I have my focus. I've started to gain some understanding. I am not going to deadpan drill, meaning just drill something with no resistance, unless it is my first time doing it. Um, if I I'm not gonna waste a ton of time. So I may dedicate one day at the absolute most, one session of training to deadpan drilling for our new position. So let's say the position is um let's say you're trying to get good at half guard. And so you're going to start from knee shield a lot of the times, and maybe you're going to look at your coyote guard wrestle up. Okay. Uh, so you're starting a knee shield, you fight your underhook. you get a few reps of finishing that, um, that kind of wrestle up. Maybe if it's your first time doing it, it probably would be best to have a step-by-step instructional because people can explain what matters and what doesn't. Um, I don't really have a huge preference on where I go to for where I go to for instructionals besides, of course, simplifyingjujitsu.com, which doesn't have any deals going on right now or anything like that, but uh, just wanted to make sure to drop simplifyingjujitsu.com for you. Um, Oh, no, it does have completely free, the three lenses ebook, if you guys wanted to jump on the GigaZet and get some... Get some extra jujitsu knowledge, some extra information about what we have going on at Simplifying Jiu-Jitsu and just laugh a little, you know, anything I do, I try to keep a little bit of humor in it. And so, um, yeah, if that's interesting to you, you can go to simplifyingjujitsu.com slash three and download that ebook completely free. Um, Where was I about this master any position? Oh, yeah. So you're going to deadpan drill if you need to, if you've never really fought in the position, deadpan drill, learn some moves from the position, but all you need to use for the four to six weeks is positional spar. Yes, you can use designated winner, but we're not there yet. We'll get to that when we only have one day, but I know for a fact that you can master basically anything in four to six weeks with three days a week, at least of training time, Um, meaning like 30 minutes to an hour each session that you can dedicate to true focus on your position. And this is how you will apply it. You positional spar this position to death. So you're starting a knee shield over and over and over. And it is first score or submission. If the score is a little bit far away from whatever position you're doing, like maybe you're sparring bottom mount a lot um, and, and bottom pins a lot, Maybe first score is a little far. So maybe you do close guard or I get on top and I, and then we'll stop from there too, or for score submission, right? But you need to find stopping points. It's so easy to be hanging out with your favorite training partner and do one positional spar and then just start doing full rolls. Make sure that you are playing this positional spar game over and over, and then even play it top to bottom. That's why it's really nice to have somebody focused with you on a position, because then you can switch back and forth and you get both perspectives of the position. From there, I would probably, that would be my positional sparring every single night for that those four to six weeks um i would look at positional sparring and we can do other types of half guard maybe you're wanting to do a little more deep half so you positional spar that maybe you're seeing that your half guard is connecting to dot 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 just connecting to maybe a kimura or um, something like that you can keep doing these things and, and keep exploring from there but i think having a good starting position and a good stopping position on all these positional spars will be super helpful. Um, and like I said, you could use designated winner probably would be a little more efficient, but this is how I've done it for years. And so you don't have to add any new, any wild training method, anything like that. This is super simple. Six weeks, four to six weeks. You can master anything if you are focused on it. If you get a ton of reps, generally positional spar reps are just the easiest because you don't have to overthink finding a training partner. Most people are willing to do positional spars because they are live rounds. I mean, they're little parts of live rounds, but they are live um and I just like my first exploration into this, my first information with this training method was um, through Jack McVicker. I remember doing a private with him and he said, you know you're you think of each position like you were a pilot logging hours in the air. He said, you just have to log hours in the air, you just have to be out there. And you have to do it a lot. You have to get a lot of reps. And that's how you get good. And uh, man, I remember him breaking that down for my dad and I. And that totally changed our jujitsu. That's when I really started to get good because it taught me to focus on positions for long periods of time. And so from there, what about live rolls though, Josh? Am I not allowed to roll live? No, of course you can roll live. But here is how you do it. When you are rolling live, I don't think that you have to think in terms of if I'm playing, if I'm on top and I should be working half guard, I'll just fall over. I don't think you have to think in those terms, but you should be trying to apply your half guard to your live roles. So if you are getting into guard, even if your closed guard is still better, even if your spider guard is still better, force yourself to play half guard, force yourself to play half guard. If closed guard comes available and you notice like, oh, wow, they're stopping my half guard, but close guard is there, then take it. You want to connect it to the jujitsu that you already know. There's nothing wrong with that. That's going to help you. But make sure if you are hitting these positional spars that you are getting your live reps tying it into your jujitsu in a semi-stressful environment, okay? So now let's look, and I'm keeping this episode shorter, than usual. But let's look at um, the, the last day. What if you have one day to master a position, master an idea? And the reason that I came up with this idea is because I tried doing this. And um, this is how I went about it. And it was it was just a random day. I just had come back from teaching a sem- seminar in Wisconsin at the, the Stronghold Jiu-Jitsu camp. And I was teaching alongside Alongside Nick Sanders and Mark Vives. And so Mark's always got something crazy, always got something new. So does Nick. Um, Nick showed how he sweeps me once a week and a couple times a week. uh, (laughs) Once a week when we train, um, but a couple times per day when we do train. um, He just showed some really cool X guard type stuff, taught gi, taught no gi. But Mark showed um, some different grip fighting stuff that I'd never seen. And it was really, really interesting to me, but it was it was also a completely different approach to guard passing than I have ever had, okay? Um, and this is how I think it is possible to do something proficiently and add it into your game within a day, but you have to be incredibly good at jujitsu to do this. And so I know that that is a rough caveat, but here is what I mean. You have to understand jujitsu well enough that when you learn something new, you can apply it to what you already knew. When I learn, when I learned Mark, Mark's new system of of grip fighting. And keep in mind, I am cheating a little bit because I learned, I didn't get reps of doing it, but I did learn these um these techniques over the course of two days. And these would have been a Saturday, Sunday when I was at this camp. And then from there on um, Monday is when I tried to master uh, master the p- position or master the idea. And it's just, like I said, it is a an idea with guard passing, and it is not the same thing that I do. It is very different from what I do, but I've tried to master everything at some point or another for four to six weeks. If you keep doing this, you will start to run out of positions and run out of things to try to focus on, and then you'll be doing them again and again and trying to just get better at them, um, each six week cycle. But, um, the, the idea is something I don't have a lot of time doing. And so I was like, you know what? I wonder if I could, I wonder, I have class tonight at six. Um, this is on Monday and I had gotten a lot of inspiration. I'd watched Mark do these moves, but I really was so tired from teaching three seminars. I really didn't do more than like maybe one rep. On these moves so i was like i'm starting fresh and so um one of my purple belts and i did designated winner for like an hour playing with this idea and i had a crazy thought I'm like i wonder if i'm good at this yet like i need to add a little positional spars from it and so what i did was i had a few guys give me some resistance tried to execute the ideas at class that night. And so at this point, it puts me in about an hour and 30 minutes of total training on this completely new system of guard passing. And then I went with, so I will tell you guys, I didn't go with any black belts that night, but I did. Oh no, that's not true. I went with one of my black belts, but I didn't play, uh, I didn't play top on him. Um, Uh, we were positional sparring my guard. He wanted a positional spar. But anyway, um, I didn't roll with any of my black belts, but I did roll with some of my purple and blue belts. And I was able to execute this type of guard pass on a lot of them throughout the rounds. And not only was I able to execute it, but really the gripping sequence creates a lot of strong defense. I was able to play in their guards with this new grip and this new idea. Of course, not all ideas are created equally. This you know, if I was, if this was something that was stupid, if it was a dumb idea, there's no chance that I am going to be able to master it in a day. But this was my thought on why you would need to be absolutely great at jujitsu is because you have so much context when it comes to knowing jujitsu that you can just apply your context to all these other spaces, all these other new positions. And so, even though I had never done the pass that Mark showed and the idea that Mark showed. I had gripped in that manner for some reason or another in all kinds of different positions and all kinds of different times over the last 15 years. And I even have some opinions on how to beat those types of positions and how to play with those types of positions. So I have some thought that I can already start to apply, but just knowledge is not enough. I also needed my repetition and I got my repetition through designated winner and positional sparring. And to me, that's how you get repetition, especially as you get better. I see, of course, if you've never done movements before, drilling dead pan has its place. I think that there is definitely use. But that is kind of my thought on doing this in a day. I think that it's actually very possible to get good at a position in a day if you have the right ideas that you're gonna start to apply, And you're good enough at jujitsu. The reason I say that is because I've seen it happen on the mat a million times. A lot of us have people in our gym that we say, you show a guy this move and he could hit it that night. And that is a super impressive skill. And a lot of people look at it as this gift from God. And sometimes it kind of is. Some people just naturally learn jujitsu well, but it is also a skill. That you can develop as you start to take six month chunks focused on a an end goal position. Again, you can reference episode 196 or 198 for all the explanation on training method here. You could do an end goal position, you can exit, you can use that for six months, and you're gonna be insanely good at that end goal position and then insanely good at getting there because you forced yourself to do it for six months. As you do that more you're going to take that six month time and it's going to go down to four and three. And so each time, give yourself a time clock, give yourself a shot clock of like, I need to be good at this by this time. So I need to, from half guard, I need to sweep my nemesis within the six, next six months. I'm going to focus on, I can never half guard sweep them. I'm going to focus on it and positional spar it. And then my gym nemesis I'm going to get within the next six months. And if you can do that, you stay, you, finish out your contract. You know, you do it three months in Well, you still focus for your next six months. But next time you tell yourself, I'm going to triangle my gym nemesis next. I want to see if I can do it in three months because I did it in three months last time. Can I put myself on that shot clock? Maybe next time you do it in two. And so, um, that is kind of the big thoughts, the big ideas from this. And again, this is an episode. I don't even know if I said this that had no outline. I'm just telling you guys how I think you would, Should try to get better at jujitsu. Um, but as I as I think through this, the the big things, the big notes that I would leave you guys with are this. The what you choose to work is one of the most important important choices that you'll make. The second most important is how long you choose to work it. And then the third is what training methods you are willing to do or you're wanting to do. Um, to to get through this, and um, yeah, those are my those are my three thoughts for you guys. Uh, I think that again, like I talk about, like thinking about jujitsu simply, um, thinking about these ideas simply, having a good people call them concepts, um, having good concepts to the fights that you're always in in jujitsu. This is going to help you be more efficient. With learning new things, because if you know the big part of passing the guard is flattening the person, no matter what new guard pass you learn, you will figure out a way to use it and then flatten the person. And the more you can know those frameworks of what makes grappling work, the better your jujitsu is going to be. And that being said, I referenced that I taught um, three seminars in Wisconsin this weekend um, at the Stronghold BJJ Camp. Shout out Stronghold Jiu Jitsu podcast uh, with Wade Barden. Great guy, great podcaster, excellent interview. I was actually complimenting him while we were out there with how well he does with his questions and prepping his questions for his interviews. Um, when then you have a guy like me who doesn't have an outline. And so, um, it was really cool to uh, to get to hang out with him and just hang out with his whole team. What a fun and crazy crew. We all got to insult Bryce over the weekend um, and attack him in every way. Everyone got to try to beat him up. We did a bunch of crazy things where I let Bryce try to full force armbar me and I saw if I could escape it and all kinds of stuff like that. It was a, a lot of fun times had. And then on top of that, I learned an awesome guard passing system from Mark Vivas, and an awesome sweeping system. And just, I learned some tips on a guard that I play all the time from Nick Sanders that I just like, man, I wish I would have asked him about this before. But he does these moves so much to me specifically that I didn't realize what was happening in those moves. Um, But really great seminar, really enjoyed it. That being said, I have a little time over the next six months probably where I won't be competing very much. Um, and probably won't be competing, you know, maybe one more time in in the next six months. So in that time, while we're prepping for the new baby and of course, just building up money for the new baby, babies are expensive. I'm going to do some seminars. And so in that time, um, I'm looking to probably fill about four seminars over the next six months. I don't know if I could do many more than that, but if that interests you, send me an email, josh at simplifyingjujitsu.com. I've gotten a few messages and they're just inquiries and that's totally okay. If you just want to know pricing, if you want to know anything like that, just send me a message. Um, you don't have to be committing to anything. We'll make sure dates work. We'll make sure everything works, uh, works for that, but If that is interesting to you, bringing me in for a seminar, uh, I teach differently than almost anybody that you will meet. Um, I think a lot of people, like the three things that are shown in jujitsu are techniques, are concepts, and are systems, right? And um, there's probably a lot of debate on what all those three things even are. Uh, For me, I teach all three of those things. But that's not what I focus on. I do two other things that other people don't focus on, um, and they are frameworks and precursors. And so um, what a framework is, is when I talk to you guys about pinning somebody down and flattening them um, with guard passing, I explain how that framework works what tools there are to flatten a person, what distances there are that allow you to flatten a person. When flattening a person is not an option, how to defend and how to escape. That is how I break down all of jujitsu. And then what's really cool is by the end of whatever I've shown you, you're going to be able to apply those ideas to the jujitsu that you already know. And so that is a huge difference is that I just show the framework of how guard retention works, the framework of how, again, pins work, or how not getting pin work. So many of these different things. Um, do I just show these simple frameworks and it makes jujitsu simpler for people. And the other thing we look at is precursors. Hey, if you can just prevent this one idea, it will always stop these next things from happening. And again, these are Two things I don't think people focus on when they teach seminars and I really think when it comes to value and how much application you will get from a seminar to me, this is why I teach this way, I just don't know if there is better value uh, than than precursors and um, uh, and shoot where was my other word well, anyway i've I've gone too long on this I'll just I'll just say this precursors and frameworks. I will just say this send me an email. Josh at simplifyingjujitsu.com. If that interests you and you want to know pricing and you want to know availability um, and you know, me and Bryce will be at a city near you, man. Um, Maybe Bryce, I don't know. I might kill him. Um, He's really been a lot to deal with lately. And then like not having a computer. And then, so just having that extra frustration, being at worlds for a week, being in Wisconsin for a weekend, my wife was sick the whole weekend. I was gone. And, uh, just, you know, those stressful things really, I've been taking a lot of, a lot of it out on Bryce. Um, but he and I have some really cool ideas, some new content stuff for you guys that you're really going to like coming up soon. Um, I'm pretty random towards the end of this episode. I think I've explained everything that there was to explain. I guess this is the outro right now. I guess that's where we're at. Um, last little shout out. I didn't make it You can see my shirt, Revive Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Just wanted to tell you guys about Revive Jiu-Jitsu Coffee. Do I – oh, I still have some in my cup. Um, Yeah, it's the best coffee I've ever had, and that's not an exaggeration. Um, They are getting these like micro-batch beans where – Kind of think of it as the show your role of coffee, um, where you have these exclusive batches. And once they're out, they're out. They're not making these again. And um, so right now I have lot number three that I am sipping on. And my next probably three or four guests that come in will get to try lot number three. And so, uh, unless, of course, I just don't bring any guests for a while and then I drink it all myself. Uh, regardless, I'm drinking lot number three of revived BJJ coffee. Um, but just wanted to make sure I threw a little note out there for you guys. If you're wondering, Hey, what is Josh sipping on lately? That looks a little different. Is there a little more pep in his step? Why is he, why does he have a bigger smile? It's because his coffee is more delicious than ever. And that is thanks to revive BJJ coffee. Uh, I think that's all I have for you guys today. Um, I can't think of anything else been rambling for forever now. Let's go ahead and end this before it gets any worse. I uh, hope that you guys got something out of today's episode. Uh soon, like I said next week will be another one like this, no editing, straight through. And then, you know what? I'll do a Q&A next week, now that I think about it. So again, drop me some cues. I'll send you an email if you're on the Gigazette asking for cues, um maybe like Friday, but drop me some cues if uh if you think about it. You can send me a message on Instagram or you can, um, what's the other way to contact me? Oh yes, Send me an email. Josh, simplifying jujitsu.com. That's all I have for you guys today. I hope today's episode was good for you. Hope you guys got something out of it. Hope you guys get better faster than ever. And we're, we will make sure to stay focused on that. And most importantly, I hope that today's episode helps you guys suck just a little bit less at jujitsu. Have a great day guys.